brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is AutoLine After Hours with John McElroy, episode 33 for Thursday, November 19th, 2009. Add it up. That's added up. Watch AutoLine After Hours live at AutoLineDetroit.tv every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern or 2400 hours GMT. You can subscribe to this podcast for free. Try searching for AutoLine After Hours at the iTunes Store. Here we are, AutoLine After Hours, another Thursday night. <clears throat> my favorite part of the week, one of my favorite parts of the week, and one of the things that makes it a favorite part of the week for me is joined, as always, by the auto extremist, Peter DeLorenzo. Peter, Great John. as always having you here. John, good to be here. And uh, let's talk about a little bit about the rant that you did this week. I mean, you went off on uh, the smart car, which may not be so smart, right? Well, yeah. I, uh, you know, they've run into the natural progression. You know, when they launched it, I figured I gave them 12 months. And now we're going, what, about 19 months in now. And it's, you know, everyone who wanted one got one. And now... What's going to happen? They don't have a, a new smart on the drawing board, not even close. So, you know, we might see it go away or it might just keep trundling along. The yeah, way we'll it is. see what happens. We should talk more about that in a moment. I, I gave it 24 months myself, two years. I yeah. said two years and that's it. And, yeah, yeah. Because that was about their track record in, uh, in Europe, too. David Welch, who's normally with us here every Thursday night, is not here tonight. Uh, Business Week magazine is kind of imploding. It's been bought by Bloomberg, and David's got some meeting in New York. He couldn't be here tonight. And so instead, we've got two other people sitting in with us, Jean Halliday from Ad Age. And a lot of you will know Jean because you've seen her on Autoline Detroit before. But, Jean, great having you here on yeah, After Hours. Here, John. And uh, since we got you, we're going to have to be talking advertising. And because we've got another guy sitting in with us tonight, David Kiley, mm -hmm. who also knows a whole lot about advertising. So I think I, think I see a, a theme here building, especially with Peter having spent most of his career in the advertising end of the business. But I feel like one thing I, I, I would like to just say about David Welch, who's a friend of mine and a former colleague, that while Business Week is going through its issues, um, it, it is going to be, re, you know, rechristened Bloomberg Business Week. And I can tell you, even though there's a lot of headlines about staff cuts, David is not one of them. He's <laughs> he is going forward as the Detroit bureau chief for the magazine. So mm -hmm. good. Talked to him about 20 minutes ago. So, <laughs> cool. So, what are you doing these days? Um, I am. I left Business Week and I'm freelancing, uh, but I'm also doing some work with uh, a firm in Ann Arbor, Icon Creative, mm -hmm. um, and I'm doing brand content uh, counseling uh, with companies, um, talking about what, the, talking to them, and sort of helping them figure out what they put online as far as web content these days. 
um, social media strategy and, and that sort of thing. So it's a hot area. Um, I decided to, you know, that while I wish everybody well at Business Week, the sale of the magazine didn't fit with what I wanted to do. And um, the one area of advertising that's very rich and robust, I got to say, web content and social media. So there's, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on out there. There is. But I want to get back to Peter a minute and, and pick up where we left off about smart because uh, it's not working. I mean, it, it, it's collapsing in front of our eyes. Well, you know, there are a couple of things about smart. First of all, it had a fatal flaw in the transmission. Yeah. I mean, it just drove. It's abysmal. Terribly. Um, for for the, the envelope it occupied on the road, it really didn't deliver gangbuster mileage. No. And uh, the first on the block people, when they were buying them, you know, they were fully loaded. And when you fully loaded a smart... I mean, if you step back for a minute and look down the street at the Honda store, you could get a Honda Fit for damn near the same money. And, um, you know, it was a much, much more substantial car. So now Dieter and the Daimler boys are doing this uh, rental program that they're trying in Austin, Texas. This is like Zipcar, right? yeah, isn't it? Yeah, you know, where you just right. use it as you and need it. They have it in Europe, too. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, something, I don't know what it is about Daimler, the way they go about things. They say they're going to do 200 cars. Really? You really want to start that program in Austin with 200 cars, maybe 50? Let's kind, right. of, <laughs> yeah. kind of build up to it now. Big announcement, we're going to do 200 cars. I think they would have worked in New York. Or, or L.A., mm-hmm. or maybe even San Francisco. I've been to Austin. I mean, I know what kind of town that is. You're right. A 50-starter would, would have been the right number. Well, yeah, Austin, you know, is one of the green centers of the universe, and, um, and their city government is really, you know, aggressively pushing in green, and they think this is going to cut down urban congestion and everything. But it, like you say, if you've been to Austin, 200 smart cars. I mean, come on, maybe 50, maybe. Right. I, I, when they came in, I have to say, I didn't think there was a business case unless they put a powertrain in there that got where you could put a headline of 55 miles per gallon. Because I just, with, as you say, with the footprint and the envelope of that car, the only reason, the only rational reason would be to have bragging rights that you could drive something that had 55 miles and under 20 grand, you know, 55 MPG, you didn't even come close to that. And, yeah. and so you just, I always wonder what the heck's going on in the room. You know, who, who are the people and what are they thinking when, when, they, when they put that business case together? Well, you know, Roger Penske is one of the guys in this business. But I think it was kind of, uh, I think it got sideways because basically Daimler couldn't provide the cars at a price point. That was really going to, you know, if they were all ninety nine ninety nine and got right. 50 miles per gallon, and even if you loaded it up, it was 12, maybe. Right. If you yeah. could, but, or even, I'll even give you this. If you could have driven away a really well-equipped Smart, you know, for 15 grand, and it got 50 miles to the gallon, and you could do, 50, you know, 15 for 50 kind of headline that would grab the cult. Okay, but they got really swayed. I'll tell you what swayed them when they 
brought the Canadian cars in, and they started to, doing tours, right? And they put them at the Marath Boston and New York marathons, and they saw the big crowds that would come around. And and I remember talking to people; they were really seduced by all that interest that they that they saw. Well, it's you know, you, you look at the car and you go, "Wow, what is that? I got to go check this thing out." And there was such a buzz when they announced that it was coming to this country, and when it finally hit the shores here. But to your point, Peter, the transmission destroys any joy in driving right. that car. It doesn't handle badly. I think it handles rather well. No, I think it rides poorly. Yeah. So you put those two things together, and wow, it's it's just terrible. It's, but yeah, it's go too ahead. small too. I mean, I I I test drove it with uh, someone from Smart in the car, and I said, well, where do I put my purse? There wasn't even any mm-hmm. place to stick it. And so if you have more than one friend, you're kind of. Uh, up the creek, but I like the four, four for four would be good. Four by four. the four seater would have been good, mm-hmm. better for this market. Yeah, for I mean, when you see them on the four four for four, when, right, isn't that what it's called? No, it's four, four two here. Four two. No, but the no, four, but they did have they a four, 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 four seater and they had a sports car, a little bigger. And they didn't market. sell in Europe either. That's why they didn't bring it here. And they don't have a new 4.4 even close. That's too bad. Well, you brought up Roger Penske. I mean, this hasn't been the best spate of business decisions that he's made lately, right? You know, here's uh, Smart that looks like it's cratering in front of our eyes. He, he had this deal to buy uh, Saturn and was going to get cars from uh, Renault and, I still and think, blew up. Yeah, I still think all the work they did was all valid. It's just that. Oh, yeah, the, I agree. But then i got to mention the third thing. He's tied in with yeah, exactly. ex-Detroit Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick of having say, given him a ton of money. i got to gotta say, I, 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 when I read the story, I'm like, it was Penske, Carmanos, and, and somebody else, I think, gave him... And I'm thinking, of all the things, if you had $350,000, let's make a list of all the wonderful things we could do with $350,000. And Roger Penske, who I respect and who is it, decides that the best thing he can do with that money is give it to Kwame Kilpatrick. I mean... Uh, it's it's beyond the pale. Who who can understand something like well, that? Well, it was clear the business leaders of this community got together and said, we have to make a change now. And Carmanos led it, and he said, I'm sure, it was just like, what, do we, what, do we, what can we do here? Right. Oh, you know, and they gave this guy a... They a, gave him an out. An out. And the out was, here's a bunch of money. Here's a... Take and, it, and you're gonna do your time, you're gonna get out of town, time. get out of, get, just get out of Did here. Did he really think he was going to hang around and continue to make trouble if, he, if they didn't give him a, a ticket out of town to yeah. Dallas? Because well. his whole thing is, what else do I have? If I walk away from this job, I got nothing. So I'm yeah, not but, walking away from but this job. He went job. to jail. I mean, I, he was. He was. I mean, he was gone. But, well, this was this. The deal was done before that. He went to jail. Went, before was, before yeah. he did the plea deal, the deal was. I mean, I just he, he Kwame. Uh. Well, let's not get off on Kwame. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to because yeah, this is an automotive yeah, right. Well, the, yeah. the Saturn thing. Yeah. You know, Roger and Jill Lajak, I mean, they they worked, I know, because I talked to Jill a lot, they were literally working 21 hours a day on that for four months. Right. And they had everything. Well, I don't blame Roger for that. No, thing going no. Out. no, no, no. And, and the, the, the Nissan Renault board right. at the last yeah, second right. said, you know, 
Right. Why are we doing this? You know? I would have said it long before that if yeah. I was the Nissan Renault board. I never understood what the... Because it's Machiavellian, I think. But well, even GM, wouldn't they have said, you know what, we're going to end up competing against a brand that we started once we sell it. Yeah, well, but I yeah, mean, and they right. get product from elsewhere. They, you're talking about right. some of the best be- dealers in this country. No, I, I agree know? totally, Gene. But, that you know, GTM. it was the task force who said, you're going to shut this down. Yeah. And if you're going to shut it down, why not get some money right. for it? Right. I mean, if you're being told, get rid of it, at least get some money for it. It's yeah. still baffling to me, and I mean baffling, why one of the Chinese automakers that definitely has their eyes on, on the U.S. wouldn't take, wouldn't come in with a, for a first-class dealer network like Saturn and co-brand whatever their brand is, whether it's Brilliance or BYD, and and co-brand these things, Saturn, BYD, at least to... David, let me just stop you right there. You are brilliant because we reported today that (laughs) Brilliance is actually buying Saturn stores. Oh, okay. Very good. That just came out today that Brilliance Automotive is... uh, is trying to pick up Saturn stores. They, in fact, Brilliance claims they're going to be in the U.S. market next year. Well, I'm surprised that it's Brilliance because I talked to those people at last this year's Detroit Auto Show, and I put it to them. I'm like, I, I literally said to them, to, to the guys, I'm baffled that you're not that you're not going to do this deal. I mean, why would you want to start from scratch? And they gave me all these reasons, you know, why they didn't want, you know, blah, blah, blah. The only thing I can, I can say, and I think it was one of the things that undid the deal with Roger, right, was that there was going to be an untenable gap between the run out of the GM product and the introduction of homologated overseas product. And in that time, they, they would have had to write checks to the dealers to keep them afloat based on the franchise agreements. And it was too heavy a liability because, you know, when you're trying to homologate vehicles from overseas, you think you know how long it's going to take, but you don't really know because of all the things that can go wrong. And so, I mean, he could have been, Roger could have been writing checks to dealers for a year, you know, to cover their losses. I still like my idea with Hyundai taking the new car and going to the best Saturn stores and saying, we are, you are going to be our new dealer network for the... The Equus. The Equus. Yeah. And, uh, that is a great idea. Funny. They weren't listening. I don't, you know what? I don't, <laughs> I don't get they, it. I don't think they could... I don't think they with could... Their, with their I don't agreement. think the dealer agreements let them do that. Well, unless they start another brand. Unless they didn't. And well, and even then, I mean, that's one of the reasons... Who's going to stop them? The, the but, Saturn dealers are going out of business. No, who, no, no the Hyundai dealers, because that's one of the reasons oh. Daimler did the deal with Penske, because doing it th- that way meant, because if they did it through Mercedes-Benz North America, all those dealers would have the right to get the product, and then there'd be all kinds of litigation if they didn't get it. That's why the, that was one of the, because doing the deal with Penske meant that they could put a line around it. And I don't, I think that would be too complicated with Hyundai, uh, you know. Well, we'd have to have someone from Hyundai on auto line and put it to them. We we need to get somebody from Hyundai on. Maybe in L.A. Maybe. Gene, AdAge made some news this week. You guys named Hyundai as what, the marketer of the year, advertiser of the year? year? That that includes all kinds of companies, um, auto and non-auto. See, and that's uh, what caught my attention. This was not everyone else. Yeah, yeah, they beat Apple. They beat everybody. Uh, Why did you guys choose Hyundai? as? not choose. Uh, Voters to our website at edh.com voted, uh, and 40% of the ones that voted picked Hyundai, voted for Hyundai. 
Uh -oh. they did, were, did uh, Hyundai yeah. have a, uh, a marketing campaign? <laughs> not that I, not that I know of. You mean to um, to get the vote out? To rig the vote, right? Why not? Right. Maybe it's that more ad age readers are Hyundai drivers than iPod users. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but what do you think with their decision? With your voters, your your readers' decision I of mean, having voted uh, for Hyundai. This year in automotive, to have to, to first of all to eke out any kind of an increase in sales over last year is a miracle almost. Mm -hmm. And just their marketing messages all through the year and the way that they've come out gangbusters in a year when everybody else is retreating is is just amazing, really. Can I, I want to point out two things about the Hyundai story, which I think are fascinating. One. They got marketer of the year in a year when they fired their agencies and took it all in-house. They took their advertising in-house. To, and a shout-out to Jim Sanfilippo, mm -hmm. who we know, who worked... But he's doing Kia, isn't he? Hyundai well, and Kia. Oh, Hyundai and Kia. Well, well, for, Kia. Their, for the combined uh, agency, which is yeah. in Ocean. Mm -hmm. right? it's called like the liaison yeah. Yeah, on right. Kia. They don't so, have that... Right, he has work. something to do with that. But secondly, part of the reason I, they got... And, and I was writing about this when I was still at Business Week. It's not just the marketing messages. Hyundai's had a brilliant media plan. And I think that was, for example, CNN had, even though the ratings are down now, during the election cycle, their ratings were way up because CNN gets ratings when stuff like elections and disasters are gone, right? <laughs> well, their media team, I thought this was utterly brilliant. They negotiated these media buys so that when you're watching CNN, watching Obama's acceptance speech at the convention, the first ad out of the speech, Hyundai. His acceptance on election night in the speech in Lincoln Park, first ad out of his speech, Hyundai ad. Um, they also, first ads out of Palin's speech, McCain's speech at the conventions. They got these very high viewership moments, you know, the water cooler moments of America, that, and it, they were the first ad you saw coming out of it, and I thought it was really smart, media brand. And they took over GM's spot in the Oscars as right? the auto yeah. uh, advertiser. And the Super Bowl. And the Super Two Bowl. Two or three ads in the Super Bowl, yeah. And the pre, again, this year there'll be the uh, auto sponsor of the pregame show, which is the 30 yeah. minutes before, and this year they had the, the spot right before kickoff, which is... Basically, like in-game, in addition to in-game. Yeah, it's, it's big. Joe, Joe Lots Ua of eyeballs. Right. Joe yeah. Uwanek is the head of marketing at Hyundai. He's a really smart guy, former agency guy, and um, but just really good instincts. And he's, he's kind of the architect of this. And well, the bottom line, though, is <clears throat> they couldn't do it if the product wasn't there. And yeah, they have ramped up their product. They've hired better designers, they've upped their quality. Each new vehicle they bring to market seems to be, you know, better than the one before. And, uh, you know, they're on upswing. And, and Toyota and Honda in this country are extremely worried about Honda. As they should be. Them. And they should I mean, be. And other companies, you know, you see their... You know, the, their stuff, G, GM was, you know, worried about Hyundai before. I know Jim Farley was on the record, you know, complimenting them on the things that they were doing. And But John Krafchak, the head of, head of Hyundai, he's been obsessed, and it's paying off, right, for the last six or seven years, on all of the interior, you know, the, the ride, the suspension, the interior packaging, Nothing is going to go wrong on these. And, you know, even, I got to say, even the vehicles that haven't caught on, 
like the Veracruz and the Azera. Okay, these are like, they haven't really caught on so well. I think they were maybe a reach, you know, for, the, for what the brand would support. Tell me what's wrong with the Veracruz. I mean, it's, it, it's expensive if you load it up. But as a vehicle, performance, pa- I mean, it's... But they launched it last year when... Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, it was just the wrong vehicle. It's, it's one SUV, two mon- many. They've got right. uh, Santa Fe, the Santa Fe Tucson. and the Tucson and the Veracruz, right. and it, it's one too many. And uh, When people are downsizing, maybe, too. Yeah, I, I, it's it's just one too many. Right, but in terms of the execution, though. Okay, oh, it just, there's nothing wrong with the vehicle. Absolutely right. nothing wrong. It's, it's spot well, they're, on. They're just now getting into driving dynamics and yeah. feel. Uh, again, the design thing, which is going to be the ultimate initial product differentiator going forward. Right. Uh, you know, they're starting to really appreciate that. They're hiring the right people. So it'll be a for- formidable competitor for and a the long Genes- time. The Genesis is a... There's not much wrong with the Genesis either. Really. No, it's, I mean, a, it's a packaging, another packaging uh, yeah. uh, wonder. You good know. car. Really good car. Yeah. Hey, Gene, uh, looking at ad agency business here, uh, Chrysler's getting rid of BBDO, it sure looks like, right? Well, they uh, have given them their notice unless there's some 11th hour deal where they actually can renew their contract. Come late January, uh, the BBDO office of Detroit, uh, BBDO Detroit office will be closed, which is a very sad chapter uh, for this town, for the business. Um, and those personal lives, uh, like 500 people, and not really their own fault, I don't believe. You know, they really. Um, I did a story this week about how uh, when they were called to the meeting a week ago, Monday, um, and told that you know the office was going to close, they were told on Monday afternoon offsite, and then told to take the rest of the day off. More than 80 percent of them went back to work. Wow, isn't That's that says unreal. a lot about? out their work ethic. Their work ethic, exactly. Yeah, no kidding. No question. That's one of my alma maters of BBDO. No kidding. Um, you know, it's the bad thing. You know, outside of this town, this business, you know, people watch this show. At one point, the Detroit ad community was quite impressive, quite large, and uh, it has slowly but surely been eroding and uh, course the auto companies cut the fees that the agencies got and uh but you know the reality for these people at bbdo very few of them will be able to get jobs in this town because there are no ad jobs uh, mm-hmm. certainly not to the scale of almost 500 people so it's it's terrible really have you guys seen some of the new ads that chrysler's come out with uh oh, yeah. i am ram and well we you know chrysler 300 ads. we talked about that I you know my tank is full right my head hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I saw it. Uh, the, not BBDO. That is not BBDO. That's no, not that BBDO. Is, no, that, no. that was going to be one of my questions. The 300 ad that's been out was, is, BBDO. is BBDO. right? The Richards group did the, the RAM. Actually, mm-hmm. Richards is the voiceover. Right. You know what's interesting about that? I thought Texas, as you know, that's pickup country. That's ground zero for pickup country, right? Absolutely. The Richards group is based in Dallas. Yep. It's a very good agency. I've known Stan Richards, you know, a long time. And I just, I thought that the ad was so un-pickup, you know, like what you'd expect. If you think about, you know, Like a Rock, if you think about, you know, even um, stuff, you know, Ford has done, which lately has been very, what I would call very rational, 
um, uh, you know, kind of oriented stuff. And then this comes out of sort of left field. And, you know, I don't know, it's almost, we were talking about Texas earlier in Austin. To me, it was almost something I'd expect to come out of Austin rather than Dallas, you know, because Austin is like the Ann Arbor of Texas. It's just very... More emotional, definitely. For Yeah, it, just it has really, and, and I think, I think that's what Ram actually needs to do because they're, they're splitting Ram off, as we know, as a new brand because they didn't have enough, apparently, you know, friends. <laughs> Um, and so they're bringing these, probably over time, bring these Italian commercial vehicles into the Ram franchise. But, you know, so they're trying to make this a different sort of thing. You know, advertising is very subjective. Maybe it will work. Maybe this is going to be a smart way to go. Only time, you know, tells. But The commercial looks like, you know, they called, Chrysler called people up to Auburn Hills to pitch the business. It looks like an anthem, Ram anthem. It's not even, like, completed. What's on the air now, it doesn't even look finished. It looks like this is what they presented to say, this is what we believe is the future direction of this brand. Mm, yeah. And then they just said, let's run it. We don't have time right. to well, or we, money to fix it up and polish it up. It's very rough. There's yeah. parts of it that are very it's rough looking. Stock, it's stock photography. I personally that, like it. Right. And it's, we, it's, yeah. When we went out there, uh, that big, giant death <laughs> march of a Mark, yeah. right. <laughs> I mean, uh, this is Fred Diaz. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, he gets up there and, uh, you know, what he did was would have been perfect if we were at a dealer meeting in Las Vegas. That's what you said in your column. Yeah. Well, no, because it was because I've been at him. I've, you know, worked on him. I had to sit through him and <laughs> had to watch my advertising be presented at him and just wince, you know. But, I mean, he gets up there, and here are all these analysts, media, and he goes up there, and it's like a dealer meeting. It was just like, no, no, stop, don't do this. Then he showed the thing, the, the spa, and, I, I, and then when it ended up on the air, I was just like, well, wait a minute. I thought that it's almost like the animatic got on it the was, air. It was very I, rough. It's, they don't call them animatics. I'm going to rip them out, whatever. Right, right. But that's what I say. It was, it was stock photography. With a voiceover. I mean, I, the production budget for that, you know, was like, you know, zip. But I think that... Um, well, let's talk that, about... I think that Gene got it right. I think that they showed this in the meeting, and they were like, that's our ad. That's let's it. put we're, it on. So Okay, well... <laughs> but here's, you know, it's funny, but when you mentioned that Joel, who, yeah. Joel Awanek from Honda, he's the VP of marketing there, ha- worked at Richards, this agency that did right, the Ramwork. Right. I mean... I think it's really important for the car companies to take a look at this because I've seen it over my career. When you have someone from an ad agency go into the car companies and run marketing, it immediately improves. I've seen, I can, I've, you probably could come up with examples too. It's just someone, it's a profession, you know, that people get. You can't put a guy from sales in there. You can't put a finance guy in there. I don't think you should have a designer in there because you wouldn't take a finance guy and make him. You know, you wouldn't take a stylist and say, you know, here, you be the finance guy. Why is it okay to take one of those people and stick them in the marketing job? Well, I've been writing about this for years it's when, I, when I first started doing streams because I saw it. I was in a meeting when I was at working on Chrysler and this guy was brought in. I forget where he was from. And, uh, you know, we're taking him through our advertising and he he finishes up the meeting and says, well, you know, I watch a lot of. 
TV, so mm-hmm. I'm an expert. I, I know what good advertising that, is, and I and said, right. "Okay, that, 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 we're we're good." That is the trouble with advertising, because right, if you bring the finance guy and the sales guy and the engineer, somebody else in it, right? It's not like all the people in the room are going to have a strong opinion on on gear ratios, right? Okay, because right. It's a, but man, everybody's an got an opinion on oh, yeah. advertising. Oh, yeah. They watch Mad Men. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, back when I was doing it for all those years, that was my biggest beef is people who weren't qualified had no business making multi, multi-million dollar decisions uh, on advertising, and it was painful to watch. It, painful to so be on the other end of it. you someone like that, or more people. They, they have a well, what do you think there. is happening at Cadillac? Cadillac's down to three agencies and now that it's going to pick? that are pitching for the business. So what are they, Bartle? Bartle Bogle, Hegarty, uh, Publicis New York, and the Martin, and Martin, Martin Agency. Agency. Now, it's interesting that those th- uh, those th- all three of them, uh, two of them are with one holding company that already has a big chunk of GM's business, via Leo Burnett. And that, that group, that corporate publicist group A, also has um, the media, all of the media buying and planning. And then Martin, which is in Richmond, Virginia, is an IPG umbrella company, which is part of McCann and Campbell Ewald under the same umbrella. So they just, I don't know if it's a coincidence that they went with three agencies that are either in one of the other uh, big corporate camps that they're already uh, doing business with agency-wise. What do you guys think of Cadillac's current advertising, and is it worth brooming out that agency to bring in a new one? I don't blame the agency. Yeah, The stuff that I've seen, the recent stuff, like the there's an ad... Um, that has the CTS and the CTS wagon, I think, that, and the right. SR across sort of, the desert, like a blast off. Yeah. I mean, like a blast off, and it's mm-hmm. sort of, you know, it's meant to project Cadillac, the new Cadillac product into sort of, you know, space age kind of future. And performance, and I think performance. it's performance. You know, it feels familiar to me, and I think, um, I to me, Cadillac. The whole thing with Cadillac to me is you've seen these brand perception maps, right? Okay. So you got a point on the map. It's a piece of paper divided into four. And you got these points where, you know, Cadillac is over here somewhere probably with, um, uh, you know, I don't know, help me out with some other brands and other industries where it might be. And But they want to get it over to brands like on this perception map with BMW, Apple, BlackBerry, you know, Nokia, and brands that are aspirin. They need to, because the product, you've driven, we've all, you know, we've driven the product. The CTS, the SRX, the wagon, these are, these are spot-on competitive with German and Asian cars. There is no, they give up nothing in comparison, in my opinion. So it's all about making people think about this brand differently. Yeah, well, you know, a couple of things with uh, this whole Cadillac thing. They have been working on the reinvention of Cadillac for this is their 10th year now. And it's just starting to really gel, which another reason that I winced when the Italians said, oh, Chrysler's going to be like, uh, you know, right up here by 2014-15. Oh, please. I mean, Cadillac has worked very hard, and we're just now starting to see it. Starting to click a little bit. And and as in another side, Modernista did the Cadillac work. Now, for the viewers out there, Modernista did the Hummer intro work, Mm -hmm. which creatively was some of the best work done in the automotive advertising field in the last 
decade. They did a spot called To the Who Music Happy Jack uh, for the H2, which was a brilliant spot, still one of my favorites. Then Modernista, uh, the, the deck chairs got rearranged and Modernista was handed Cadillac. They did one ad that resonated with the people, and that was with the Kate Walsh, Kate Walsh. and it ran for over a year. I know it just it and was, it just wore yeah, you down. It's yeah. like enough already. <laughs> enough already. I mean, and, it ran uh, from February '08 right. until just yeah, maybe this early it. fall. It was like, please. Yeah, it was. Please, you know, something. So, Modernista did a great job on Hummer. I thought they really did. Isn't I mean, Liz Van Zura. Yeah, she's Liz gone through right, that from GM. Yeah, yeah. yeah. remember the, the ad with the the soapbox derby ad? Yeah, I love that. That's what I was just saying. Happy Jack. Mm -hmm. Um, That was great ad. But, you know, less so for Cadillac, and their print on Cadillac was just horrible. They just, they're not a print agent. They don't do good print, in my estimation. But So that's kind of inside baseball. But getting back to Chrysler saying, well, we're going to, yeah, we're going to be right there with... uh, BMW, Cadillac, that's where we're going, and we're going to do it, oh, you know, yeah. 2014. Well, remember, that, that, that was Peter Fong, Peter Fong and who had his head handed to him no for going to the media. No. And but they didn't back off of it at our big meeting, though. They right. still were making pronouncements like, we're, we're, that's where we're going, and we're going to get there quick. Cadillac's worked diligently for a long time. It takes a long it takes, time. But, yes, it does. But, you know, th- this is not so inside baseball. I, I have a, an opinion on the Cadillac thing, which has, oh, and I, I don't know if you, it may seem like a small thing, but every time I've talked to somebody over there, they're very big on, you know, restoring the Cadillac script, you know, the the script logo. Which ruined their print. <laughs> Which ruined their print, right? And, it, and the other thing is, is the wreath, okay? Mm-hmm. The Cadillac wreath. And I just, I have this pet theory idea that that script and the wreath, as big as they play it, both in advertising and on the steering there. wheel. And ben, you the man. Right? And on the steering wheel, that, I find the script Cadillac and the wreath to be really old-fashioned looking, like stuff that, from an automotive museum. And I, I just have this pet theory, this pet idea that one of the things they should do is really modernize the look of the graphics. And, and maybe they'll do that in this process, I don't know, but I, I just think that they're never going to get out of that average age of 64 thing until they at least start to address some of this just the way the brand looks and the way it sounds and you're shaking your head gene you don't agree do you well i mean no if they're so focused on the logo and the script um the way it looks and keeping the old thing i mean it's like that's looking at your belly button just move on you know i mean that's not to me the script it's not really that important. It's, an, it's another way to, you know, how are you portraying your products? And they do have the products. It's just, if you're going to move the needle, it's not going to be I'm because a, of the script. Hang on, and, no. I'm a, <laughs> I happen to be a big believer in the subliminal. And I think that that script and the Cadillac wreath just leaves people with an impression that it's an old brand. It's an old-fashioned brand. I mean, when you look, there's nothing about BMW's graphics when you're looking at that in the middle of your steering wheel that says old or old-fashioned to you. Nothing. Same for Lexus, same for Acura, same, you know, same for Mercedes-Benz. That star is timeless. 
And I think this Cadillac script and the wreath, it all looks like 1956 to me. Well, you know, a whole segment of people really dug that big wreath, the bigger the better, on those Escalades. On the Escalades, they loved it, right. And you know what? On Escalade, I might leave it alone, but in, in other or the other products and stuff, I deal with it differently. Well, let's get Brian Nesbitt on the show. Let's ask him what should ask. What's so, he how doing? do you like the new Cadillac, uh, the new she- uh, Chrysler logo? It's very. Have you seen it? I have seen it, and I do actually like yeah, it's it kind of because I always thought that uh, the one that's they're using right now had the look of a Pabst Blue Ribbon kind of logo yeah. to it, and I know that goes back to the 1930s, right. yeah. and all they did was resurrect the, this old look. But I think the new graphic is is cleaner and more modern looking. I liked it. Heritage is a funny thing, I'm telling you, when it comes to a car brand. It mm-hmm. really is. It can work for you and it can work against you. In By the way, uh, Pabst is... is uh, That's right, it's a resurgence. It's a resurgence. Yeah. Yeah. I just read that. It was just kind of like, cool. <laughs> it's I, still oh, here, here we got uh, the, yeah. the current logo up on the screen right now that yeah. you can take a look at. And uh, it's kind of busy, whereas the new one, I think, is, is far cleaner. But if you look at something like uh, the Ford Blue Oval with the Ford name mm-hmm. script... Classic. I, it, Classic. It, it's, it's changed ever so slightly over a hundred years, barely anything at all. And I, I, I'm still one who says, you know, if you nail it with the product, and I agree totally, you've got to do great marketing and advertising too. But uh, if you nail it with the product and, and price it right, it'll pull everything else along with it pretty much. And, you know, these new the jump off for these agencies is the CTS Coupe, mm-hmm. which is a sensational product. Yeah. So if they screw that up, then there's no hope. And then I'm, there's no hope, right. I'm hoping they, they don't drop that ball because that's such a beautiful car. These are some strong, I will say, even though they're part of these are some strong agencies, creative agencies that are pitching for Cadillac. I mean, the Martin Agency has done... Uh, Geico. I mean, they've made that auto insurance company into the most ubiquitous thing in their category. The rads are pretty clever yeah, by and I mean, large. They're, I doing mean, pretty wa- clever. they're doing Walmart um, now, and they've actually moved the needle on Walmart. Um, yeah, I but mean, they had car account before. Sure, Saab and well, they did Maserati. Sa- again, Saab and some of their people actually had worked on Mercedes back in the 90s when, when I was working on Mercedes. But the, um, but the Saab stuff was pretty unremarkable. I mean, but again, it was part of the old GM, you know, sort of ad machine. I mean, we haven't talked too much, but Lutz, I think the system that Lutz has put in, Bob Lutz has put in with GM, is if you'd asked me a year ago that GM was going to be setting a trend or an example in advertising, I'd have said you were crazy. But the system that Lutz has now where it's, it's a pot of money and design and communications and marketing are at the table together fighting over the same pot of money and the best idea wins, I love that. Yeah, what what, what still, do you think, Peter, then? Well, if it works, but they still have too many layers. Layers, they, I agree. They have too many uh, sous chefs. too many layers? They've got too many sous chefs down there. I mean, Bob's a guy, but they've got a whole bunch of peripheral guys that are fairly senior, that are impacting and, and in, inputting in these decisions, and I, I don't think it's a good way to go. Yeah, and that's how you and see it, And I know it that too, how, uh, that's how it works on the ad side, too. They have too many ad levels of managers and, mid, and you know, all the that's way up. Classic, that's and, a classic. And you had Fritz Henderson telling us on day one of the new GM that they were going to be leaner and faster, 
and and on the marketing side anyway i don't see hey i'm i'm real disappointed in gm i mean we we got their third quarter earnings this week on monday and as i said on on our Autoline Daily. Here's a company that's just come out of bankruptcy. They got rid of tens of thousands of employees, tens of thousands. They got rid of thousands of dealerships. They slashed everybody's pay. They got rid of their retiree health care. They, I mean, slash and burn, and they still lost over a billion dollars. Well, sales. I mean, but where are the revenues coming no, from? No, but, that's but their sales went up. No, 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 but I think, their sales and market share were up. I think, if I'm not mistaken, though, they still have stuff on the books that they're winding down that's basically, I think, held back. I mean, they're still winding down Saturn and Pontiac and and Opal. I'm talking on an operating basis they lost money. But but those are still ongoing operations. I know, but those are are like, uh, those are special charges. And when they always say, hey, you know, we would have made a a bunch of money except for these special charges. That's all special charge stuff. I actually think they should have stayed in bankruptcy longer. I think they they came out too quick. I don't think they were ready to come out. I think they were forced to, or maybe there was a lot of pressure. But I think they they should have, you know, made a few more key decisions before they came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I will say I am very impressed that even though they're getting rid of four brands last month, they increased sales and market share. And and to me, yeah. that's that's the only thing that I'm holding on to of saying, hey, these these guys could do well in the future. But um. I was shocked, you know, because Ford reported a billion-dollar profit. Chrysler claims it's at a break-even standpoint. Right. And GM comes out and loses all this well, money. Ford did really well in the clunkers thing. I mean, they, that was part, I could see that coming back in August when I was getting the, 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 the how they did on clunkers. I, I said to people, I said, the third quarter is going to be big for Ford. I could see it coming, yeah. But I think that it seems like to me, it seems to me that GM may be under pressure to, to um, market its its more fuel efficient vehicles versus some of the things like the Silverado. We certainly aren't going to see an Escalade commercial. I mean, I know it's not new product, but we're not seeing any of those. And they're probably doing them regionally. But let's face it, they have to sell those to make to to bring the revenues in. They do, and they're you're not really seeing anything pushing those products. Well, the one thing I'm wondering is, you know. Ford said a key way that it was able to turn a profit is it's now getting $2,700 more in pricing per car right. than it did before. And what, it, they're, what they're really saying is we've chopped our, our sales incentives by $2,700 per car. And the fact that GM gains sales and market share, I'm wondering if they still have the incentives on and this is not. And if, is this a key reason why they were losing money in the third quarter? Huh. Well, in Ford's case, they've not only cut incentives, but they've also gotten a lot smarter about featuring cars. So that, I mean, they're selling, they're selling the most expensive Focuses they've ever sold because they featured them right, and and that Sync has been a huge, you know, huge benefit to, to them across it. Fusion, they're selling. I mean, the transaction prices on Fusion are terrific. Um, so and GM was saying with the new Malibu and was the new CTS right that they were getting thousands of dollars more in tr- in right. transaction prices. I don't know what's happened between. It's true, but th- that, I mean they lost a lot of momentum with the whole build up into Chapter mm-hmm. Eleven and then coming out. I mean that was July. That was July tenth. I mean, when's the last time GM made money in the North American market? Ten, twelve years ago. 
I think it's been more reason, uh, more yeah, yeah. closer than that. Yeah, more recent years ago. Well, I don't right. know. Probably even more than that. But we, it, yeah, the, even, even when it was making money here, just North it was, America. I'm just talking North America. Yeah. Even when it was making money here, it was at unacceptable profit margin levels compared to what they should be doing and right. really needed to to generate the cash to keep investing in new product. Yeah. Right. Well, the other thing about those quarters that when they were making, you know, they say, oh, we made 325 million this quarter. Well, on the scale of revenues and operations that GM has, I mean, you can find $300 million in the couch cushions, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, so, and then, and then they would report that. And then a couple of quarters later, they'd have a restatement that wiped that out anyway. So it's, you know, <laughs> hey, we ought to get to the rapid fire uh, okay. part of the show. But before we do, Gene, I just wanted to ask you one more thing about advertising. Uh, have you seen this uh, uh, Twilight Saga, the, this series of movies? There's a new one out called New Moon. And do you know what I'm Early talking about? Uh, no, a Volvo is using the XC60 in this. This you, You're not familiar with the no. movie. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, first of all, it's the biggest phenomenon since... Uh, well, they don't even know if it equates. It's they're they're equating to Star Wars, the popularity. It's a frenzy right now. Right. The first movie made something like four hundred million dollars, and now the new one is it's starting to be shown late tonight at midnight, and it's just the biggest, hottest thing. And you're right, Volvo's messed Volvo's up. got the the XC60 product placed into this movie, and I. I, I you know, uh, Ben brought this to my attention, and I don't I'd think never it, heard of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it'll do anything for Volvo. I was going to say. Well, that was the no. question. I mean, because. It's not like the Italian job right. where the, yeah. really the right. car was but integral. But the other you get this, right, this huge cultural phenomenon, right? Yeah. And you match it up with the XC60, which is a fine car. It really is. But, but I think it's lost <laughs> on the frenzy. The, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the teen queens that are just frothing at the mouth over this movie. Like, I, have I, that XC60. No, they're, they're not, they're not going to have the Volvo. They're looking at the abs of these parade of young studs they've got in this movie. You know. I mean, I th- the Italian job mini thing is still the best yeah. product. Pro, pro placement in a movie, I've, I think I've... Not Herbie the Love Bug? <laughs> Not, so. Not so much. That was a joke, David. <laughs> I know it was. I just, you know. Let, let's do rapid fire. Sorry. Bren, bring up the graphic. The Katera Ducks. Oh, dear. And they put them in the crest. Okay, let's get in here. Uh, Oak Cabin 44 says, please ask Peter DeLorenzo what he thinks of the new Buick Regal. Uh, I like it because of where it came from. It's an Opel Insignia, yeah, it's an Opel European Insignia. car of the year. I think it's a, a very nice car. The only thing is, and I think I know where he's going with this, is it's badge engineering. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if you went to the Buick studio and said... Do a Buick of these dimensions, it'd look different than the Insignia does. Yeah, Some things never change. <laughs> I also, I also think that the you know the Regal name. I, I know it's a naming thing, but well, I agree with you. I would not have. Wow, I, I would have not put Regal name on it. 
I mean, the Regal, I mean, who you, who's your target for that? Fred Mertz? I mean, he's been dead for 45 years. I mean, I just... Why don't you call it the Buick Insignia? I mean, if you're going to do right. it. I mean, you know, that's not a bad idea at all. It would have been fine, but they... They aren't listening, John. They no. just aren't listening. <laughs> they are. I, and it's, it's, I've been in these discussions, as you have, Peter. You'd start talking about the money necessary to get a, a new name. Oh, yeah. No, I, I know that. I mean, just, and it spooks everybody in the room. Well, it should. I mean, I, you know, I'm being flippant about it because, you know, to do a new name and to do it properly, right. these companies don't have that kind of money right now. No, they I mean, just don't. They had that argument on Malibu, you know, and yeah. that's why it's the Malibu. And Jay, our, our, our one-minute warning is binging Sorry. at us. Okay. okay, Jeff. Jeff, I'm going to butcher your name here, but I'm not the first one to do it. Uh, Jeff Wadchuk says, if GM could only do one large sedan for the U.S. retail market based on the Zeta architecture, which is the same as uh, the Camaro and the G8 and all that, which brand would be better to get it, Buick or Chevrolet? Peter, this this one goes to you then. (laughs) A big rear drive sedan, who should get it, Buick or Chevrolet? Chevrolet if it's performance tuned. I agree. Just because Chevrolet is the is is a more important brand, and if it's a great product, Chevy should get it instead of Buick. It should be drop dead gorgeous and be a you know a, a traffic stopper design wise and a rear wheel drive and plenty of horsepower. And sign me up. This one I think came in uh, via Twitter for Gene. Any thoughts on the new Subaru Outlook Outback campaign? Featuring a skunk and free detergent. I love it. I think it's great. Have you, have you, have you, explain yeah. the explain uh, the ad a little bit. Give us have, some background. It's an animated skunk with, and there's a fake sort of, you know, clint, detergent it looks bottle. like a jar of detergent, and um, it's because the Outback likes to get dirty, and the owners like it dirty, and uh, the skunk is there to try to clean things up. And they actually on their website, you can try to send it. You can send away for a, a jug of the jug of the cleanser. I, I, Subaru's doing big. Subaru's brilliant right, right, they, right now. They they don't even know that the economy collapsed. I mean, They've just sailed right through this, no problem. And that ad is just dead right on for that brand, their owners, the people who are interested in buying Subarus. So it's very good. Okay, uh, Bad Nickel wants to know what's the group thinking of Detroit putting demands on GM to keep the headquarters in town? That's a political quagmire. Um, you know, by every measure, GM should consolidate in Warren, but it's never going to happen. I mean, they're going to have to keep a presence in Detroit. Um, you know, a reader wrote me today and said, so let me get this straight. I have to drive down and pay the one and a half percent tax of the city. But, you know, he he wants to go to Warren, but I, GM's, they're neck deep in that. I don't know how they Detroit's gonna... on life support. If you take GM out of Detroit, yeah, you can just... hang a toe tag on the city. Yeah, I yeah. mean, really. And so it's our most visible building. Uh, they're stuck. They own it. They own both buildings. Well, it's I, I symbolic, but I think, that, political. I think the city dies if, yeah. if they leave. I yeah. really do think yeah. that it dies. Okay. Pedro Fernandez wants to know, when the Chinese cars finally arrive, do you suppose they'll undercut the competition to get a foothold in the American market? And who is most likely to take a hit, the imports or domestics or equally both? Well, simply undercut the competition price-wise just just they're Chinese. Yeah, just <laughs> they because of the, the way they do it. But if they think it's going to be a finger snap and they're going to yep. be where Hyundai is now, it's not going to happen that way. They, I mean, look at that's how Hyundai and Kia did it. Actually, they they underpriced and. Uh, 
Uh, and then they ran into trouble because you know, they didn't have the quality. And then the products got better over time. Yeah, yeah, it's taken them a while to get it right. But yeah, yes, that's what they'll do. Oh, no, who, who would get hurt? Um, Mitsubishi, which is already hurt. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, some of the... Mitsubishi, second, Suzuki. Some of the second, right. third tier. Probably the most vulnerable. Yeah. Right. You know, I got to tell you, it's going to be... A, it's a heck of a walk for the consumers I know to bypass Honda, Toyota, Hyundai, Nissan, Mazda, on and on and on um, to get to BYD or Brilliance. You know, I mean, I just... And when those companies start hiring real talent executives who know the North American market, then I'll open my eyes a little more. Until they start doing that, I'm, I'm a skeptic. Okay, Jeremy Jones from Dallas wants to know, what do we think about the IIHS results, the top safety picks that made Ford look like a hero, even though many of the vehicles were Volvos and Toyota did not get any picks? I'm not a big fan of the IIHS since they're totally... Uh, a front for the insurance front industry. for the insurance industry. So I, you know, for to those manufacturers, I say don't high five when you get good grades, and don't you know get down when you don't, because I just there's just an underlying thread underneath that whole thing that I don't like. But the general public wouldn't know that. So no, they don't. I mean, if they're going to say who's got the best five star rating, and they're going to say, wow, you know, I mean, it's and Ford led, but four of the six were Volvos, and yeah. Ford selling Volvo. But you're right, people don't read people into don't. it that much. They well, just, I think uh, that may have been what uh, Jeremy Jones was getting at. Yeah. Is the media said, oh, Ford got six picks. And, you know, I go to their site and I go, oh, four of them are Volvos. Yeah. You know, it's like, and as w- one of my guys here, Craig Cole, pointed out, yeah, the two Fords that did get on there uh, were based on Volvo architecture. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. So let's see. Uh, Comment. Oh, this is still Jeremy Jones, another one. He says, I've ne- never seen a Chinese car up close, so I'm curious about things like panel gaps, etc. All over the map, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, All yeah. over the map. Some, and I, 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 it varies by car maker to car maker. We've seen some stuff that, you know, you could take out your loose chain and pour it down the gaps in the body and other stuff that looks pretty good. I mean, look, the Chinese are going to figure this stuff out. It's, uh, it's not a mystery. The Japanese did it 40 years ago. The Koreans have done it in the last 20 years. Now it's the time for the Chinese to step up and do it. They'll do it. And they've got all the joint ventures with automakers in China. So they're learning yeah, a lot. Then, they're learning tons. Then the, the, big, the big gong will go off, and they'll say, okay, you guys are out. out. I know that. <laughs> and now we're coming. You know, you know this business is all about execution. You could put all the smart people in the room, but the, the Chinese executives that I've met and interviewed, I haven't met the guy yet who I thought was going to put together the right team to execute the right car for this market. I just I haven't met them yet. So until I meet them, we're we're a decade away at least at, at least, least. Right. for any meaningful yeah. 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 Although I'd say keep an eye on BYD because it could be the one that really even though we've talked about EVs being a small niche Here's a chance for an upstart to grab a big chunk of that niche. So I'd just say keep it look on that. Pedro Craig from Facebook asks, why doesn't Cadillac have, or do they have, a large sedan on a rear drive platform coming out? Yes, they do. But it's going to be a rear drive. All rear, well, yeah, all wheel. All wheel drive with a bias towards the rear, but they have a large sedan coming out. And it's quite it. handsome. It right. It yeah. looks spectacular. Yeah, it, 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 it is. And, and I'm sick. Of, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like little cars. I like driving little cars. 
But, but give me I, a big Cadillac. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, where's the big Cadillac? I mean, right. Americans like right. big Cadillacs. And it's, it'll be great when it displaces the DTS. And yeah, but it's, yeah. it's John's right. It's spectacular looking. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, not only do we need big cars, we still need, there, there are still buyers, and I, I appreciate a nice, floaty ride. And, you know, we, we let the enthusiast media, of which I plead guilty to be one of them, really dictate what we think everybody should be driving. And I tell you, you get in a big, floaty sedan, and it's so comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just really like it. Well, you know, I had a DTS, believe it or not. Really? I had a two-year lease on a DTS, and, you know, it was... It's I liked the last it. It was fine. of the big, great sedan. Yeah. And I, I hope that doesn't go away. I confess this is going back a little ways, but I remember getting the Fleetwood as a press car, and I, I liked it for a week anyway. <laughs> 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 and I was in my 30s when I... <laughs> Okay, uh, uh, Julian Garcia Irizar asks, as Ford and Lincoln products are improving in appeal, what's going on with Mercury? Nothing. <laughs> I mean, do they have new product? They don't, they don't really have anything coming. No. Oh. They have nothing unique, right? I mean, isn't everything still, still just a rebadged Ford? Right, and my, my uh, belief is that they're going to, that at least for the short to medium term, that's the way it's going to stay. I mean... They're going to have, um, you know, Mercury's are still going to be Ford Plus, and it's going to be to help the Lincoln dealers with sales volume. So, I mean, longer term, there's a lot of chatter in the system about Ford going to one channel um, with Ford and Lincoln. But that's, they have in Canada. Yeah, but that's a, I think that's a ways off. If that's true, I think that's a ways off to execute for all the franchise laws that we're very familiar with. So. Okay, Scotty in Cleveland wants to know, have there been any further plans for the GMC Denali concept, or has that been dropped? I don't know. I haven't heard any, anything yeah. more about it. Okay, uh, do you fellows believe, and fellas too, <laughs> that the new sales figures indicate a permanent move towards smaller vehicles and that Chrysler is doomed? It's a two separate questions. Two separate yeah. questions, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, I think there's a shift to a little smaller vehicles. Uh, You'll see it accelerate again if we go to $4 a gallon gasoline. But I think generally people are looking at it a little differently and are a little open to shopping a little smaller vehicle. But uh, a wholesale shift, I don't know. We we like big cars, big vehicles in this country, so it's going to be a while. This, right. is, this is a pet peeve of mine about this discussion. I think there's been so much focus on the B car segment that I think the shift over time, which is substantial and meaningful in terms of fuel economy and oil consumption, is just get there's a lot fewer SUV buyers that are going to be out there, and those people are are trending smaller, and smaller to them is C is the C segment, the Fusions and the Corollas and the the bigger Focus. And, and so it's not all about little cars because it's just there is a trend towards people who were buying big in the last 15 years going smaller, not necessarily small, but smaller. And I think that's here to stay. As for Chrysler, yeah, everything would have to go perfectly right for them in every single situation, the economy will have to turn around 
dramatically and everything would have to fall into place and I'm still not sure they're going to make it. I, th- I think that they can make it, but I would agree with you. The, the market has got to keep growing. And uh, even with that, it's going to be tough. I think we'll get a much clearer idea of what's happening with Chrysler when we see November sales, because at least they're starting to get back into doing some advertising right now. I think you mentioned it earlier. Yeah. I mean, they they were out of advertising they were out of it, but for I a mean, long look time. Where they're taking Jeep. They they gave at the uh, all day march, uh, death march th- at that meeting where they want to take Jeep. Which I mean, we understand why they want to expand their buyers to pe- because people most people don't go off road. But what is the essence of Jeep? Is they that, seem is to, that capability, and, and, they and seem I think to they're going to lose. Yeah, they've walked away from that. They better get it. back on that in a hurry. It's a shame for Jeep, really. Yeah. The, the problem, that the challenge, I should say, with them is that, is that this, the, Italian, the new generation of product isn't really going to start rolling in for another two years. And that's a long time to tre- come, come more or less tread water with what you've got. The dealers are dying now. I mean, they are on the ropes. And I mean, they've I, got two years. I like what I've seen that's coming. I mean, I think it's all really strong. I think the 500 is going to surprise people, but who knows how much money that will actually profit that will actually generate. Um, but it's, it's, you know, they just don't have them. They've got the, a new 300 coming and a new um, Avenger, right, is a, is part of the deal. Charger. Charger, sorry, Charger in the next uh, uh, 24 months. But... You know, I'm not, uh, and they look good. They really look good. The new Grand Cherokee looks spectacular. I just wish they would have dialed back their pronouncements. We're going to sell this money. Yeah. Well, we're that's gonna, what nobody believes. Nobody yeah. believes their market share projections. And we're going to have, yeah, this percentage of the market is just like, you know. Yeah. I wish them the best because a lot of people depend on their success. But they help themselves a lot by dialing back the expectations and just showing us you know, meaningful progress along the way. That'd be a better way to do it. Mar- you know, Marchione is, uh, he's a very, he's demonstrated he's a smart, decisive guy. Um, he's probably the right guy to try to make this happen. So it's, it's, a, it's a bit of, you know, but it's a challenge, no question. It's well, a huge look, challenge. The only reason any of us are paying any attention to Sergio Marchione at all is because he pulled off an amazing turnaround at Fiat. Mm-hmm. If he hadn't have done that, none of us would have given them two cents at all, you know. No no chance of survival or making it whatsoever. But because this guy took this basket case of a company called Fiat and fixed it, mm-hmm. not that's the only reason why we're paying attention to him. Yeah. Well look, we're uh we're at the top of the hour here. We ought to wrap things up before we completely do, I should say, uh it's been great doing these podcast awards. A lot of you voted for us to get us nominated for the podcast awards. Please go to podcastawards.com, scroll down to the business section, look for Autoline Daily, and, and please vote for us because we'd like to get that award. Also, uh, 
Next week, there will not be an auto line after hours. It's going to be Thanksgiving, and everybody should be... I didn't get that memo. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Now you know not to show up. Right. Well, thanks. Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday of, uh, of the entire year. You know, it's, uh, it's all non-denominational. You don't have to go buy presents. You don't have to bake cakes. It's, it's you too, don't have to... It's too bad we're not going to be on it, because 7 o'clock on Thanksgiving is that you basically, <laughs> you, you know, you're falling asleep from the tryptophan and the turkey on the couch, and, and you want you to fire up a live cast. Well, I, mean, I, 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 I know, but I, I'm going to be <laughs> lazed out on the couch myself. You know, I don't want to come in and have to work that night. And then the week after that, we're actually going to the L.A. Auto Show, and we'll be doing this show live, live from L.A. But anyway, Peter, great having you here Jim, as always. Good uh, to be here as always. Gene, great having you. Great discussion. David, uh, great having you here Thank as you. well. And uh, we'll be back at this in another two weeks. Visit our website, AutolineDetroit.tv, where you can watch us live Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern, get your daily automotive news fix with AutoLine Daily, and in-depth analysis and interviews with AutoLine Detroit. That's all there and much more at AutolineDetroit.tv. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.